Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Print Life Podcast. This week, I'm going to be chatting all about what I think are the three key components to having a more profitable portfolio. You're listening to the Print Life Podcast. I'm Leslie Kinahan, owner and creative director at White Buffalo Studio and founder of the Print Life Community. This podcast was created to offer insight into the hidden world of print design. If you're a surface pattern or print designer who wants to attract dream clients, increase sales, and build a sustainable business that you love, you're in the right place. With over a decade of experience, I'll be covering all things surface pattern and print design, sales, marketing, and mindset to support designers in growing a creative business. Whether you're freelance, in-house, or just getting started, I've got you covered. Welcome to The Print Life. Before we dive in, I want to first start with chatting a little bit about all the different intentions that you can have for your portfolio and how it's really important to understand who you're pitching and why before you really even dive into this process. So for apparel print designers, there's a wide variety of reasons that we might be in need of a portfolio. You could either be looking for an in-house position or you could be looking to build your own list of freelance clients. You might be looking to pitch prints for sale to a list of clients that you already have, or perhaps you're looking to reach out to a print design studio, either on consignment or as a freelancer. Whatever the need for the portfolio is, is going to have some different things that you're going to want to think about before you put that portfolio together. For example, If you're looking for an in-house position, oftentimes you're going to want to really look at that job description and make sure that you're incorporating in as many of those items as possible into the portfolio because the more aligned you can be with the position and the role that you want within a company, the more clear you can make that in your portfolio, the better it's going to land on the other end. I'm a firm believer that if you're looking for an in-house job, that you should have a pretty good idea of what it is that job is going to be. No matter what you're seeing pop up available, what kind of role are you looking for? What kind of Um, parts of your skills are you looking to feature and highlight because you know that that's what's going to get you the job that you want not just the job that's available at the at the moment right so make sure that you're putting together a portfolio that really truly speaks to the work that you want to be doing for whatever the in-house job might be and then you just make light tweaks and changes based on who you're reaching out to when you're putting a portfolio together for an in-house job I, in my experience, when you tweak the portfolio specifically for the job, you're going to get a way more likely of a chance that you're going to get an interview. And in my experience, every job that I've really spent the time to make the portfolio updates needed for the position, I've got the job about eight times out of 10. So in-house is going to be a little bit different than freelance, than studio work, or then pitching your prints for sale, right? So you're going to have to include that resume and that cover letter and show to show a wide variety of skill sets as they apply to the position that you're looking for. The next reason you might be putting a portfolio together would be to create um, a core 
client list. Maybe you're looking for freelance clients that you want to work with, or you're looking to grow a freelance client base. In that case, you may want to highlight the type of work you want to do for your freelance clients. So if developing prints is what brings you the most joy and doing CAD work and indexing and repeats doesn't as much, you're going to want your your portfolio to focus on, again, what is going to bring you the most joy and what kind of work you want to be doing. So if you don't want to be indexing and you don't want to be doing repeats and you don't want to be doing CAD work, even though you know how to do those things, I highly recommend leaving them off the portfolio if that's not the work that you're looking to do for a freelance client. The next purpose of a portfolio might be to pitch. Maybe you're looking to sell the work that you have new every month or even old work from your archives and you want to pitch prints to a client list that you already have, whether that's weekly or monthly. I would highly recommend first considering having an email list and using an email platform and putting an email marketing strategy together. That would be my recommendation. But if you want to start by pitching prints via a PDF or a lookbook, um, I would highly recommend keeping it very simple and straightforward and not having a lot of like bells and whistles. So you don't really need to share like CADs and mock-ups and mood boards and direction and uh, make it look really cute and fun and telling a story. If you're just trying to sell prints, maybe you just want to share your latest work with your client list and you're emailing them a PDF. Again, I recommend highly considering having a email marketing system in place at some point, but to get started, a lookbook is a really good way to do that. And I would recommend thinking about it in terms of ease of swapping out prints, whether that be an InDesign or in Illustrator, just an easy way that you can pop new prints into some sort of a template that you've created, like a lookbook template. Now, another purpose for your portfolio might be to work with a print design studio, whether on consignment or freelance. This portfolio would look a little bit different because you might want to highlight how well you understand trends, how well you can design off of a design brief, that you're able to kind of work in groups or mini collections and that you're really good at like kind of merchandising your work and having flow and that your handwriting is present. So now that we've kind of discussed the various ways that you might be considering putting a portfolio together for, let's dive into what I think are the three key components to having a more profitable portfolio. And by profitable, I mean going to get you the job, going to sell your work, going to get you the studio that is the best fit for you to be working with. So component number one of a profitable portfolio, I like to think is all around the idea of clarity. Now, clarity can be relating to clarity of the type of client you're looking to go after, the type of studio that you wanna be working with, or the job that you want to land. And clarity will often be reflected in the research that you do, the market aligned research that you do, and the aesthetics of your portfolio. 
For example, if you're very clear around the type of clients that you want to grow as a freelancer, oftentimes it makes this part a lot easier if all of the clients that you want to reach out to land on some area of the industry that is in the same market or in the same type of print or type of product, um, it'll make it a lot easier for you to find similar clients. And if you've worked with me before, you've taken any of my trainings, you know that I often talk about having clarity in your market focus. Having clarity in your market focus is going to lend itself to clarity of your clients, clarity of the aesthetics within that market, and putting together a portfolio that speaks very clearly to a very specific set of potential job opportunities, clients, or print sales. Clarity can also be around what job it is you're looking for specifically. So again, like I mentioned before, if you know exactly what you want to be doing in the industry, it will really help you to be clear about these things in your portfolio. So this can go back to aesthetics. This can go back to skill set. And again, what type of prints you like to do, what type of styles, what type of colors, just being very clear about who you are, what you want to do and for who. If those three things are clear in your portfolio, I guarantee you it will connect better with whoever it is that you're giving the portfolio to. And in my experience, both as a freelancer, when I first started out, having a portfolio that you kind of tweak for each person you reach out to works really well if you are going for an in-house position. But if you're going to be a freelancer and pitching prints and trying to get custom work, you really don't wanna be tweaking your portfolio all the time. So the more clarity you have around what it is you want and the outcome, the easier it will be to have that one, maybe two different portfolios that you send out without making changes to it constantly. You really want a sort of evergreen market-aligned portfolio. Evergreen just means that there's no dates on it. It's not in alignment to a very specific trend. It's more in alignment to what you want to do. And that means that the, the longevity or the lifespan of the portfolio will be much longer than if it has dates all over it, meaning like spring, summer 22 or autumn, winter 21. Once you start putting dates within the portfolio or you're chasing specific trends, the portfolio will then become dated. So by making it evergreen, you're rather than aligning it to what's happening around you, you're aligning it to who you are as a designer, who you are as an artist, and where you see yourself in the industry. And that is going to get a lot more miles on it overall than something that is kind of for the moment. Now, the second thing I'm going to discuss is creativity. How creativity shows up in your portfolio is anything from a unique way that you lay it out to the unique way you set up your mood boards to how you're incorporating in your works in progress or photos of you right in the middle of one of your projects or what kind of mediums you want to share. All of these things are going to lend itself to really kind of sharing with us a little bit about your creative personality, what you're good at. And this is more to do with like flow and mood and layout. It's also a big, a big part of the creativity aspect of the portfolio is featuring other skills 
that you enjoy that you may want to share with the viewer of the portfolio that you know how to do, such as flat sketching, mood boards, creating your own creative direction, working with a design brief, mock-ups, and things of that nature. Again, going back to only putting things in your portfolio that you want to do, if you do put additional skill sets in your portfolio, such as flat sketching, mock-ups, and mood boards, make sure there are things that you want to do for the client. Because oftentimes I've seen portfolios come in for the studio and I have hired the designer not only to work with us on consignment, but I've hired them as a freelancer to do flat sketching, to do mock-ups, to do illustration, and in some cases to even help develop um, templates for our online shop. So there's a lot of different ways that you may end up being hired for other skill sets if you include them in your portfolio. Really sharing a lot about who you are creatively is going to increase your chances of getting the job with the right client, with the right company, and with the right studio. Number three is all about continuity. Now, continuity can mean so many different things in a portfolio. This can be from using the same font, having the same look and feel throughout the portfolio where it feels very connected. It's telling a story. Continuity could also be the layout. So like the setup of your portfolio, let's say page one is your bio. Page two is a picture of you doing works in progress and a link to your Instagram. And then as you dive into the portfolio content, page one is a mood board, page two is work in progress, and page three are four prints that go back to that group. And you could repeat that set of three over and over and over again for continuity. And continuity can not only be in the way you're laying out the pages of your portfolio, but they could be in the way that you merchandise, they could be in the color flow, the way that you've grouped the prints together, the way the stories work together from group to group throughout the portfolio. There's a lot of different ways that you can have continuity in your portfolio that really engages with the viewer and keeps them interested from the beginning to the middle to the end. You really want to start strong and finish strong. And what's really good about that is you really don't want anyone, you don't want to put all your good stuff in the beginning and then kind of have it fizzle out. Because if anybody is looking through your portfolio and kind of stops halfway through because they got bored or they didn't, they weren't engaging with it, or maybe there's too much work and it wasn't edited down enough, you you don't want to make the mistake of having too much work in there. And You also don't want to make the mistake of having too little work. So the continuity of setting up your pages is really going to help you carry them through from group to group to group throughout your portfolio, especially if you start really strong and you finish really strong. And then you can put some of the more simpler ideas. You know, oftentimes we like to share with clients that that we're really able to handle simple prints as well as more elaborate prints, and maybe those can fall in the middle. So now that we've discussed what I think are the three key components to a profitable portfolio, which is clarity, creativity, and continuity, I just want to give a few quick tips on things that you might want to consider before hitting send to get your portfolio over to a potential client, a potential company for an in-house job, or a studio. Number one would be to consider having 
a more elaborate portfolio and then having a secondary portfolio that's more of like a simplified version, more like a lookbook, so that if you're following up with clients and you want to share what's new without updating your entire portfolio, you don't want to have to go do that. Again, we talked about a portfolio really being kind of evergreen. It's the handshake. It's the introduction to who you are as a creative. It's an introduction to your style and what kind of prints you do and who you are as a creative. So the lookbook follow-up could be something that's more of a template where you can um, you can sub out new work. So something that's like easy for you to edit that you can send over to clients as kind of a, hi, remember me? Here's what's new in the studio. Or, well, we spoke a while back and here's a few new prints I'd love to share with you. Something like that. A lookbook is perfectly fine because they've already seen your kind of introduction and now here's just a little bit of a follow-up as to what's going on with the studio. However, like I mentioned before, if you are planning on sending out new prints consistently to your core list of clients or any client base that you have, I highly recommend considering having a marketing strategy in place where you utilize some sort of marketing platform or software so that you can share your work with your client list, but also get the benefit of having that information of who opened it, who looked at it, who clicked, and who unsubscribed. You want that information if you're going to be going through the trouble of reaching out to people with your work. Another tip would be to have a balance of new work as well as old work, because if your portfolio is not only going to be kind of the introduction to who you are as a creative, but you also want the opportunity to potentially sell a print when somebody looks at your portfolio as well. And you may often be asked, are these available for me to show? Whether that's a studio or a client could potentially ask to purchase something from your portfolio. So having a balance of new work and Old work is a really great way to not only give them a good idea of who you are as a designer, but to offer them work that they can potentially purchase. Something else that I'll recommend being a creative director who oftentimes will take a screen grab of someone's portfolio that I liked because I think that that particular page of the portfolio shows me that they're a good fit for one of our clients. I've often found myself in a situation where I take that screenshot and then when I come back to it later to reach out to the artist to see if they want to work with us on consignment, I don't know whose it was because their information was not on every sheet of the portfolio. So you want to make sure that either your email address or your web address or your Instagram there's some sort of an identifier on every single page of your portfolio, just to be sure that if somebody's ever taking a quick screen grab because they think that that particular page is a good fit for something, whether they want to purchase it or they want to reach out to you, you want to make sure you make it as easy as possible for them to find you. My last piece of advice is to always have a bio. So whether you have a resume or a cover letter or whatever you're going to include when you send over your portfolio to a client for the first time, that the portfolio itself has a little bio on it, whether the front page or the second page or the last page, just a little peek at who you are, what you do, who you want to work with and why, and as well as where we can find 
more of you, which is usually our Instagram or our LinkedIn, right? Maybe even a photograph. It's nice to put a face with a portfolio. It's nice to have an idea and an identifier of who I'm speaking to, whose work I'm looking at, and how I can find more. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Print Life Podcast. If you're interested in taking a peek at my six-week self-guided course on how you can create a more market-aligned and profitable portfolio, head over to whitebuffalostudio.com forward slash portfolio bootcamp. See you next time.